Hey, this is John Nettles, and this is the Roots of Revelation podcast, the podcast where we dive into the scripture behind the scripture of Revelation. Hey, welcome back to episode 15. Uh, As you know, what we've been doing the last couple of episodes is I've been given a high-level overview of the book of Revelation, the whole book. Um, And the the hope is that... uh, to just kind of give a, a 60,000 foot view. And then in later episodes, we can drill down a little more. Um, and that's, that was my plan. Um, but as I've been going through this, uh, my plan was to do chapters one through seven and then chapters eight through uh, 14 and then 15 through 22. And I said this in the last episode that I just felt rushed by that, that that was just a lot of content to just, digest all at once and i felt like i was just kind of flying through it so last time i just did chapters uh 15 and 16 well my plan was to do 17 18 19 uh today maybe even 20 and i just thought you know what i'm just going to drill down a little more and just do chapter 17 today so hopefully that's okay uh but that's what we're doing so today um, is about what's called the, uh, the heading in my Bible is called the great prostitute and the beast. And I think this one is, I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of what's going on in the world today in this, in this chapter. Now I realize that there are different viewpoints, whether a historical look at the revelation or a futuristic, whatever viewpoint, but however we interpret it, I still see echoes of this going on in the modern world, in our, in our world we live in right now. So this chapter has some symbolism. And let's just kind of get started in breaking it down a little bit. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters. And so it's really interesting if you I know we haven't gotten to chapter 21 yet, but in chapter 21, it says, come, I will show you the bride of Christ. So Christ has a bride and, and the bride is the church. That's the sim, the symbolically is the church. Um, so the, the, the church, the bride is, or is, uh, arrayed in white, pure clothing And the bride you're going to see is, or or the prostitute, Satan and the beast have a prostitute instead of a bride. And that, uh, she's dressed in a manner that's a lot more worldly. So it's already contrasting, uh, God with the satanic forces here. So if you, if you remember, God has, there's the God, the father, God, the son, Jesus, and the Holy spirit, you also have the satan and you have the beast and you have the great prostitute is called babylon so and you have false prophets so the you know satan in a weird twisted way seems to mimic what god's doing Uh, instead of the father you have the dragon instead of holy spirit you have a false prophet Uh, instead of the son you have the beast i guess but um weird twisted way of mimicking and the bride of Christ is is contrasted to the 
great prostitute of Babylon. So anyway, it, it uh, I think it makes those contrasts for a reason. And it said the, uh, she's seated on many waters, kind of like, almost like it's, it's a worldwide thing. And, um, you know, it's called Babylon the Great, the great prostitute, Babylon the Great. I mean, is this the city of Babylon? Is it Rome? Is it modern countries? Is it maybe in some ways our society now? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I won't try to profess that. But certainly I think some of those have these, uh, not qualities, but well, characteristics is a better way to say it. So just just think about it from that point of view. Maybe not just nail it down exactly what the entity is called that is is symbolized by the great prostitute of Babylon, but just see if some of these kind of ring true about our society now. The the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and a lot of times you'll see sexual immorality and spiritual infidelity kind of intertwined. So. Um, there could be just spiritual infidelity with, with, um, you know, you think about many times throughout the old Testament, God was upset with the nation of Israel because Israel was supposed to be faithful to him. And he, he felt that it wasn't, it, it wasn't. So he, he took that as almost like, uh, infidelity because it's spiritual infidelity and the same concept here. So it says the, uh, the dwellers on the earth have become drunk and it said, he carried me away in the spirit to the wilderness. And he saw, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. And again, this is another in chapter 21. It says when he sees the bride of Christ, the church, he's carried away in the spirit. So it's, it's exactly the same wording as he, you're going to see in chapter 21. He's making a point to say, these are comparisons. You want, you want, a beautiful bride, or do you want a prostitute? Which one do you want? And she's sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's if you remember from our chapter episode on symbolism, the horns a lot of times represent power. So some people, again, I'm I'm just kind of giving you viewpoints that I read. I'm not saying I espouse these or anything, but some people would say that the beast having 10 horns means he has a lot of power. So it could be that the beast is one, one way to look at it is the beast is military power. Okay. Whereas the, the, uh, the great prostitute Babylon is, we're going to see how she's big into, uh, greed and pleasure and lust and sexual immorality. The beast is portrayed as power. So governmental power, military power. And so, and so the woman is riding on the beast. So the, the military power underpins under is the foundation of the other, the, the, the economic power, the, the greed, the societal rot and decay, that's all resting upon the military power of the beast. 
So it's important to distinguish the, distinguish them because later in the chapter we're going to see that dissolve. So, all right. So um, the woman was arrayed not again not in white like the church, the bride of Christ. The woman is arrayed in purple and scarlet. And she's adorned with gold and jewels and pearls and holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. So she's all about uh, wealth and greed and materialism and pleasure, a, a, a focus on almost an addiction to entertainment and pleasure. Whatever, if it feels good, do it. That's what that's what Babylon is the symbolism of Babylon, the great prostitute, is is basically the epicenter of if it feels good, do it. And it says on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and earth's abominations. And here's here's a big problem right here. It says that she was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And, you know, God loves us and God loves his church. And sometimes we think, does God, why does, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is God letting this happen? This unjust thing happen? Why is he, why is persecution allowed? Why do people, why have people died for the name of, of Christ? Does it matter? Does God see? And here it's pretty clear that God is saying that this woman, this uh, this Babylon, is drunk with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. He cares. This is really maybe the biggest sin she's got, is she has persecuted the church. That the, that the prostitute of Satan, the prostitute of the beast, has persecuted the bride of Christ. It's not okay. And you got the beast that she's seated on that gives Babylon, her, the prostitute, whatever, the power to carry this out. It's the power of the state basically to enforce and to do basically coerce conformity. So basically you've got a, um, a dual threat here basically of, the the great prostitute seduces and is temptation in a lot of ways, and the beast is the power to make you do it, and you so you have the the carrot and the stick basically uh, to to do the will of the beast, okay, and and then it says the dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast. And then later in the chapter in verse 13, it says, these are of one mind and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And those with him are called faithful and chosen or, or I'm sorry, are called are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the 10 horns you saw, 
They and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. I'm I'm sure back then they would have thought that symbolized Rome. It possibly does, but I'm just, it, it could, it could symbolize other things too, or it might be Rome. I don't, I don't really know. And maybe, maybe you're, have a better handle on that as you read it. But two things interest me out of this that, that I want to go into a little bit here. One is that there's been a, a linkage of the, uh, an alliance, I guess, um, of the beast. You've had the, the, the dragon, the beast, the great prostitute. Well, all of a sudden, uh, the, the beast turns on the great prostitute. If you notice that, the beast will hate the prostitute and make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her with fire. This almost reminds me of like the movie, the Godfather where like people are that are supposed to be aligned together all of a sudden turn on each other. And you see one do a a hit on the other one. And like, where did that come from? That came out of nowhere. And it's because the, the, their, their friendship, their alliance was never based on love and mutual respect and admiration. It was based on, what do I get out of this? And you know, the forces of darkness are based on hate anyway. Uh, so it, it's not surprising to learn that the the beast hates the prostitute. The beast was for the prostitute while she could uh, seduce the nations of the world to, to come to her. And it says to hand over their power and authority to the beast. He's the, the, the Babylon, the great prostitute, whatever, was useful in bringing people to the beast so they would just hand over their power and authority. Once that's happened, once the beast has what he wants, doesn't need the prostitute anymore. He's already got total compliance from everybody whose name is not written in the book of life. Everybody that wasn't sealed in chapter seven is his. Lock, stock, and barrel now. And so he doesn't need to seduce and tempt anymore he can just use the power of the gun the the, he doesn't need to knock on the door he can kick it in because he's got the governmental and military power to carry that out it's a scary thought so as you know if you've uh, listened to this podcast especially the first episode my purpose is not to play Nostradamus and to uh, lay out all mysteries before you because I just don't, I'm, I'm not a trained academic scholar that, that proclaims to know all these things. Okay. So is, is the, is Babylon is, is the prostitute is, is that a person? Is it, is it, I think it's more likely it's symbolizing an entity. Is it, is that supposed to be Rome? Is it Babylon? Is it lots of different countries? Is it, uh, does it have to do with our own society? I, I can't say for sure. And I don't know, but, but does it again, I said this a little while ago, does this, does any of this ring true? If, if what we're after here 
is not to know every nook and cranny of what's going to happen, but just to try to find more about the nature of Christ, to get to know God a little bit better every day, to know what he likes and doesn't like. Isn't that what we're really after here? We're never going to really understand all of Revelation, let's be honest. But we can use it, like the rest of the Bible, to understand God and his purposes a little bit better. So let's just walk through this and see how, if any of this applies to us today. Do we in our society recognize any form of casting off of God, or basically of godlessness? Is, is God welcome in our society? Or is he not welcome? Is Have we made a God out of entertainment and sensual pleasure and lust and greed. Does that, does that ring true at all to about our society? Are there persecutions of Christians going on today? Forget. Let's not forget. There, there's certainly in countries like Nigeria and Syria Afghanistan, Iran, China, there are, is real violent persecution of Christians, okay? But in our own society, in, in Western society, can you be canceled? Could you suffer economic harm from losing a job, not getting a job, uh, losing a customer, um, being fined or sued simply by saying the word of God out loud in the wrong place, the wrong time. I think, I think the answer for many would be yes. That's, that's a possibility. Do you see people around you that marvel at what the, what the power of the state could do for good in their minds? If we just gave, gave it more power. What about, do they, do you see people that marvel at the entertainment industry? Um, I love, I love college and pro football, but could we make an idol out of one of the stars in the NFL? Yeah, I think we could. And when we see certain approved forms of speech that are promoted by the stars, by celebrities, by the entertainment industry, by educational system, by our government, by anything, if when those all start lining up and, and saying, these things are approved and these things are not, and they're all saying the same thing, does that remind you of people handing over their power and authority to the beast? Are we willingly becoming of one mind that gives up our authority and power to all these entities that we talked about, governmental, industries, corporations, educational system, that are all starting to kind of say the same thing. Are we willingly giving up our power and authority because of our addiction to materialism, greed, lust, power, wanting to be entertained? And basically, ask yourself, is our society marveling at the beast? And where does it all go eventually? Well, apparently it goes to where once we've given all of our power and authority and the right to think and to, to speak, once we've given that all away to the beast, well, the beast won't need the power of temptation anymore. And so you get things like you have in 
a totalitarian state where your choice is to comply or die. That's where that leads. And so that sounds kind of like a bummer, right? Except for this fact. In verse 14, it says, They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Sometimes this world can seem kind of like, where are we headed and what's going on? Is this going to continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse? And, and I don't know times and I don't know dates. And I don't know if this happens 20 minutes from now or 2000 years from now. But I can tell you this, that the lamb wins. Being, you're on the right side. If, if, you're, if you're following Jesus, if you love the Lord, you're on the winning side. It doesn't feel like it, does it? But you are. Day by day, news article by news article, bad news after bad news, you feel like we're outnumbered, we're outmatched. This is all just going downhill. But it's not. And I want you to, to keep your head up. My dad used to say, chin up, chest out. And one of my mentors, Dr. Logan Gerald Folks, who uh, we call Brother Folks, um, was just one of the great men in my life. And he used to say, remember, remember who you are and whose you are. And as the world tries to realign your identity and what you think and control what you think, say, and do, remember who you are and whose you are. You are a child of God. If you've, if you've accepted Christ, you are already victorious. You're not victorious later. You are victorious now. And you're on the winning side. And as we discussed in a couple other verses, chapters back, this is a call for patient endurance. Stay with it. You are on the right side. Stay faithful and true to the Lord. It's going to be worth it. And that's the, that's the close of today's episode. So um, I hope you'll come back for episode 16. And I, I, I want to put in this plug too. If uh, there's my website for Revelation, Roots of Revelation is at www.rootsofrevelation.com. And it's good for you to know that just in case uh, at one at some point, if this podcast is no longer welcome on one of the uh, areas you're listening to it, perhaps you can then go to www.rootsofrevelation.com and listen to it at least there. I don't expect that to happen, but it's good for you to know www.rootsofrevelation.com. And I'd love it if, um, if, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of leave some comments. So I feel like I'm not talking into the ether. I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are on, on the podcast, on certain episodes. And it's okay if you disagree, uh, cause there's a lot of stuff I'm probably wrong about. Uh, but, uh, there may be some things you agree with too. And anyway, I just love to interact with you on there. If there, you can hit the comments section below each episode, I think you can do that on each of like, like Apple and Spotify as well. But, um, and you might, you might leave a, uh, a review there if you don't mind, because that would help other people find this podcast. 
if it, if we get good ratings going. So, uh, anyway, I'd love to interact with you and, and hear your viewpoint at some point, but between now and then, uh, know that God loves you and know that God's team wins. Have a great day.